freedom, man. That's what it's all about. You've got to groove on freedom, like the good book says. listening to what on earth is happening this show will discuss the topics of human consciousness mind control natural law the occult and all issues that affect the freedom of the people of earth what on earth is happening will endeavor to shine light upon the darkness of our world and to offer empowering solutions to the problems we face as humanity approaches its critical moment of choice. And now, here is your host, Mark Passio. Welcome, one and all. You're listening to What on Earth is Happening here on the Oracle Broadcasting Radio Network. I'm your host, Mark Passio. My website, whatonearthishappening.com. The network's website, of course, oraclebroadcasting.com. Today is Sunday, June 24th, 2012. The show is live every Sunday from 5 to 7 p.m. East Coast time. That's 4 to 6 p.m. Central time. We have a great show planned for you here today. We are going to be continuing to talk about solutions-oriented approaches in consciousness, and today we're going to be continuing to cover the solution of the non-support of dominators, those who uphold the dominator slavery system that we are living in, whether we recognize that or understand it or not. And today we're going to be getting into the occult side of things when it comes to the military and the police. And we are going to be talking about how dark occultists who ultimately own these organizations and own the people who are members of them, they own their minds, they own their actions ultimately, therefore they own their body. We're going to be talking about how they ritualistically and symbolically mock these individuals for even helping them to carry out their evil agendas, how they loathe them infinitely more than they loathe the general population. So today on the show, the occult mockery of police and military personnel, and we're going to be going through tons of symbolism. This is probably going to take uh, a few weeks to complete this. It's probably it's the first time I'm going to cover it in great depth on the show to help people to understand what the so-called elite, the powers that should not be, think of their um, minions who carry out their orders. How do they really consider these individuals? So I have a couple of event announcements before we get into the subject matter. Um, I was on Occult Empire with Bob from Cincinnati on June 21st, last Thursday, and this is now posted to the website in the news section. It was a great show. We talked about natural law. Uh, 
We talked about how it operates in our lives, its principles, its expressions. Uh, we went in depth. I posted a ton of resources in the news section on natural law. So please be sure to check that out on the whatonearthishappening.com news page. Also, uh, I finally got up the first appearance that I made on Down the Rabbit Hole with Popeye, uh, which took place on June 15th. Hours one and two of that show were posted in the news section as well. I also did another two-hour broadcast and actually did an extra hour for a total of three hours with Popeye this past Friday, June 22nd, and I will be posting that to the news section of What on Earth is Happening very shortly, so keep an eye out for part two uh, of me talking about natural law on Down the Rabbit Hole with Popeye. I'll continue with some other event announcements, and then we'll get to the occult mockery the Oracle of police and... The Broadcasting Radio Network is on a mission. I was born a shotgun in my hands Behind the gun I'll make my final stand Yeah And that's why they call me Welcome back, everyone. You're listening to What on Earth is Happening here on Oracle Broadcasting. I'm going to continue with a couple of event announcements, and then we'll jump into our subject matter. So, Truth, Freedom, Prosperity, a local activist group that I work with here in the Philadelphia area, will be hosting, as always, their monthly free documentary screening and discussion evening. It happens the last Thursday of every month at a scene market and cafe. A scene food market is on 719 South 4th Street. That's the corners of 4th and Monroe Streets here in Philadelphia. The film screening will begin at 6.30 p.m. sharp, so be sure to arrive a little bit earlier. And this month on June 28th, 2012, 6.30 p.m. at a scene food market, we will be screening the documentary film Psy War. Psy War is an excellent film about propaganda, its history, and how it is used. But let's be honest, what the film is really about is mind control. That's what we're really talking about here when we talk about this film Psy War. And it's an excellent documentary. Everybody interested in mind control should definitely check it out. We'll be screening it and having a discussion about it this Thursday at a scene food market in Philadelphia. The big event coming up in less than two weeks now is the Nikola Tesla Energy Independence Celebrations right here in the city of Philadelphia, July 7th, 8th, 9th, and 10th. The events are as follows. The Tesla Science Conference, July 7th and 8th, 10 a.m. to 6 p.m., both days at Ruba Hall, the event of the Free Your Mind Conference from last year, 414 Green Street here in Philadelphia. Tickets are $25 per day if you get the tickets in advance uh, through the Tesla Science Foundation website and only $30 if you elect to purchase them at the door. Tickets are available at teslasciencefoundation.org via PayPal. There will be a social gathering at the end of both days' events, between 6 and 2 a.m. Uh, at Ruba Hall in the Cabaret Room. There will be an awards ceremony and a concert. The concert will feature the Divine Hand Ensemble, 
a theremin ensemble, a classical ensemble centered around the theremin instrument, the electronic instrument. This will be taking place July 7th from 8 p.m. to 10.30 p.m. in the upstairs room at Ruba Hall. Tickets are separate for the concert, and they are only $12. There will be a Tesla night birthday party featuring live music and the demonstration of several Tesla coils. I actually put a single Tesla coil on the, uh, the poster, the flyer for the event, but there will be several Tesla coils demonstrated and fired at the stroke of midnight, uh, which is when Tesla was born between July 9th and 10th. This is July 9th from 10 p.m. to the uh, morning of July 10th at 2 a.m. Uh, at the Independence Visitors Center on 5th and Market Streets here in Philadelphia. This event is free to attend. For more information on the Nikola Tesla Energy Independence Celebrations for 2012, Please visit the Tesla Science Foundation's website at teslasciencefoundation.org. I want to make one other quick announcement about the uh, Tesla Energy Independence Celebrations. On the 8th, which is a Sunday, I will be at the Tesla event, and I'm going to attempt to broadcast live from the Tesla Energy Independence Celebrations for that show. It looks like we uh, will have a reliable internet connection at Ruba Hall and I want to actually bring on some of the speakers and some of the people who were involved in putting on this great conference uh, toward the end of the day. Uh, I'll broadcast from the cabaret room at Ruba downstairs from uh, 5 o'clock uh, East Coast time. So that is the plan. Hopefully it will work out uh, technically and there won't be any uh, issues or difficulties with that, but that's what I'm planning to do, broadcast from Ruba Hall on Sunday July 8th. So with that being said, uh, let's, before we get into the uh, subject material, I want to say uh, there are still no, not going to be any calls taken today uh, until I get past the non-support of Dominators section entirely. And the, we're down to really the last two issues that I want to cover, which is the occult mockery of the Dominators, the so-called Dominators. They're not the real controllers. They think that they're in control and nothing could be further from the truth, but uh, this is one topic that's going to take a couple of weeks at least, maybe three weeks or maybe more. Depends on how uh, covering the uh, presentation goes. And then I want to talk about carnism or the practice of meat eating as a form of domination and as a significant factor in what is holding humanity back and keeping us really as a farmed species ourselves due to the ignorance of the law of correspondence. So that's going to be coming up on a future show. I may do two shows on that as well. So no calls until that's completely over and then we will do two entire call-in shows. I also want to let people know why I asked for callers from combat veterans who served in World War II and fought and saw actual combat in the European theater of operations because no one called. Uh, it was a long shot anyway to uh, see if someone would uh, call who served in that capacity. No one took me up on the offer. The question that I wanted to ask them, I didn't really do any coverage of this year's Bilderberg group at all. 
people who listen to my show will know who the Bilderberg Group is, their origins, what they're about, how they're globalists trying to usurp the sovereignty of every nation on the face of the earth and bring in a form of fascist slash socialist dictatorship worldwide. And what I really wanted to ask a combat veteran who had fought against the spread of Nazism in World War II, specifically in the European theater, I wanted to ask them what they thought of a group that was begun by an avowed Nazi, Prince Bernhard of the Netherlands, who served in the SS, the Schutzstaffel, and also an avowed socialist who was instrumental in ushering in the United Nations, Joseph Rettinger. And what they think of police serving in the capacity of protecting a group that was begun by avowed socialists, national socialists and otherwise, who have the stated goals and intentions of destroying the sovereignty of the United States and ultimately bringing its people into a one-world socialist dictatorship. How do you feel about the police serving in the capacity to shut down, uh, stop people from exposing that and basically harass them and arrest some of them at the protest, and in doing so, protecting this socialist group? When that's what you really fought against, gave your blood and the blood of your fellow men against during World War II. How do you feel about public officials in the United States protecting people like that? But no one called in and took me up on the offer, so... We'll be right back, folks. Don't go anywhere. All around the world, people... Welcome back, everyone. You're listening to What on Earth is Happening. I'm your host, Mark Passio. My website, whatonearthishappening.com. Okay, I want to direct everyone's attention to the What on Earth is Happening website radio page, whatonearthishappening.com. Click on the radio show tab. Underneath the player, you'll see images for today's show. And then under that, You'll see a special section, and yes, your eyes do not deceive you. There are 148 image links posted on the radio show page of What on Earth is Happening. These will be the slideshow presentation that go along with the topic of the occult mockery of police and military personnel, which we are about to dive into. If any, uh, there's any difficulty with this, since there's so many images here, I have also posted underneath that a PDF document link where you can download a 7.7 megabyte slightly compressed PDF document but all of the slides for this presentation are contained right in that document hopefully that won't put too much of a strain on the web server it seems to be up to the task but uh, we'll see what happens uh, so you could take your choice you could follow along with the PDF or with the slideshow of separate images uh, the advantage of the slideshow with the separate images are that there are a couple of animations uh, within. There's maybe about 10 or 12 animations throughout the um, presentation, and uh, those animations will not show up in the PDF document, obviously. 
uh, they will show up as separate frames. So that's the only difference, but essentially all of the, the main information is in both places. So here we go. This is part of a talk. Actually, this is the talk that I gave at the Free Your Mind conference in 2011. This was my topic at the conference. And I had to give a very abbreviated version of the talk. I'm going to try to cover some things in a little bit more detail. I did cover a little bit of this when we talked about symbolism, obviously, but um, this will be a good overall general re review of a lot of things that we've covered and really bring it home about how the occult feels about the people that they employ, whether they understand that they are their employees or not. So this presentation was originally given in abbreviated format in a little bit over an hour on Sunday, April 10th, 2011 at the first Free Your Mind conference. It is entitled The Occult Mockery of Police and Military Personnel. I began the talk by quoting George Orwell, the author of the book, the dystopian novel, 1984, about a totalitarian uh, police state future. Orwell said that if liberty means anything at all, it means the right to tell people what they do not want to hear. And really, if you think about it, that's what this entire show has been about. It's been about telling people hard truths that they're uncomfortable in dealing with, that they don't want to be true. Let's face it, people don't want this to be true. And they think somehow that matters, as if what you want to be true can somehow affect reality, instead of recognizing that you have to come to grips and to terms with that which is if you're ever going to change it for the better. You can't exist in denial. So this is all about helping people to confront that which is, because really all suffering comes from the refusal to do just that. What we can't fall into, if we're uh, now looking at slide number three, I'll try to uh, be conscious about telling people which slide number I'm referring to now. So the title slide was slide one, the Orwell quote was slide two. Slide number three is what we should not allow ourselves to slip into in a knee-jerk reaction or in a guttural, visceral reaction when we first hear about such a topic. This is what I have called emotional mind control or simply heart control. Many people will have friends, relatives, um, family members that are um, involved in these capacities in serving in the military or in police forces. And they have an emotional attachment to the role that that person plays within their life. Therefore, when they hear that they're being used in an immoral capacity and in a capacity to usher in enslavement of people, they will immediately reject, want to reject the information based on their feelings toward the individual. Their feelings toward the individual is dictating their perception of the veracity. Veracity means truthfulness of the information being presented. This is falling into a psychological 
trap known as emotional mind control. You're basing whether something is true or not on how you feel about the material, how the material initially makes you feel, which has nothing to do with whether or not it is actually true, whether that material is in fact uh, correct and is the way things are. So we have to get over the notion that only that which makes us feel good or feel comfortable is what we should accept as true. And in many ways, I'm not asking anyone to accept any of this uh, in, in every way, really. I'm not. I'm not asking anyone to believe. That's, in a way, also a form of emotional mind control. People falling into, uh, you know, wanting to be told what they want to hear and then they just, mad, they just automatically believe it. That would be equally as harmful. I'm asking people to look into some of this information for themselves. That can be difficult in many cases when it comes to subject material that is as esoteric as we're going to be covering because much of it is only known about within occult circles. The, that is changing, however, and occult information is being brought forward to the general population more and more and in, gr- in greater amounts as um, time moves forward because of technologies, because of people uh, who have been involved in certain occult organizations in different capacities recognizing what some of these groups are really truly about and their true hidden agenda uh, that isn't put forward in their mission statement so to speak. So. Keep in mind emotional mind control, um, blocking out what makes you feel uncomfortable is what we don't want to slip into. You have to try to take on the role, take on the, the level of consciousness really, of attempting to listen with an open mind and heart without prejudging the information first. Listen, take it in, and then try to verify it for yourself. That's how any scientific methodology is based, observation, and then try to uh, verify it in your own experience. So don't pass judgment on it initially because some of it will make you feel bad. Some truths can make people feel bad, you know, and, and a lot of lies make people feel good. So that's what emotional mind control is about, and that's the warning going into this presentation. Another quote that I gave was by the philosopher Soren Kierkegaard, who said that there are only two ways to be fooled. One is to believe what isn't true, and the other is to refuse to accept what is true. I actually gave this quote in the very first What on Earth is Happening podcast, the very first show that I have ever did. This is now show 113. And This holds true. This is really the only reason that people ever suffer. They believe what isn't true and they refuse to accept what is. So we'll pause right there, heading into this next break. We'll pick it up on the other side. You're listening to What on Earth is Happening here on Oracle Broadcasting. Don't go anywhere, ladies and gentlemen. We'll be right back.
Welcome back, everyone. This is What on Earth is Happening. I'm your host, Mark Passio. We're talking about the occult mockery of the military and police, and we'll be talking about this for the next few weeks, probably. Going through the slides on whatonearthishappening.com's radio show page or with the podcast, we were on slide number four, moving to slide number five which is the definition of the word occult. Of course, this will be a review for many people who are longtime listeners to the show. What I'm attempting to do here in this section on occult mockery of police and military is to really, in an extended way, document uh, this entire topic. So bear with me if you're already familiar with the concepts. Again, I said much of this will be review, but this is intended to stand alone for people as an audio series for people who... Uh, have not approached this topic yet and perhaps inspire them to go back and listen from the very beginning of the podcast, uh, uh, of the beginning of the What on Earth is, Her- is Happening podcast, follow that progression through in order to really open up their consciousness. So I won't spend a lot of time on reviewing a lot of the stuff we've already covered, but I am going to at least um, touch upon it. So the word occult, of course, from the Latin verb occultare, which means to hide, to conceal, or to keep secret. The word occult should not be looked at in the connotation as meaning evil, but instead simply looked at based upon its derivative meaning, its derivation, its etymology, which means hidden. The occult is hidden information. Uh, Slide number six shows how hidden knowledge is used by the so-called power elite. It is compartmentalized and put into a hierarchical structure. When you put these two aspects of any given institutionalized structure together, you have the makings of controlling the human mind and controlling people's behaviors because people in different isolated institutions who are not aware of the directing agenda at a higher level, they're all just putting their heads down, doing their job, not really asking questions, and often aren't granted access to the answers, even if they were to ask questions, about what's going on at a higher level of the institution they happen to be working for. So compartmentalization and hierarchy are critical if you're going to basically limit people's perception of what they're involved with. They're not going to understand what they're really involved with. The left hand doesn't know what the right hand is doing. That's what compartmentalization is all about. But one small group of people is really directing the agenda and they know how all the pieces fit together, all the different departments fit together. Hierarchy is like the chain of obedience as we've talked about many, many times. It's everybody being a master and a slave simultaneously, someone that they command and then someone above them who commands them and who they bow down to and obey. So you put these two together and this is how occult knowledge remains hidden. And that's ultimately what we need to understand. The knowledge that is really kept by these people is knowledge about ourselves. That's what all occult occult knowledge is really about. It's information about the human psyche. Uh, Moving to slide number seven, 
This is how the hidden controllers keep themselves as the so-called elite. They are manipulators, they are sorcerers, if you will, using the forces of the psyche against people who they have kept in ignorance. And not, it's not, we can't even just pin the blame just on these hidden elite. You know, it's people who don't want to know the truth, who have no desire to step outside of their limited scope of perceptions and step outside their own little selfish world and think of things on a larger level than just things that immediately in the physical sense happen to be affecting them today in the, in the instant that you're talking to them. You know, they don't want to look at anything in the wider sense, see the bigger picture of anything because they're selfish. So it's, it's also largely that people have allowed this to happen through their refusal to look at truth, to look at that which is in an objective way. And their, their continuation of remaining selfish, wanting to remain only caring about themselves, they don't ultimately care, apathy, ignorance and apathy. And ultimately that leads to laziness. They don't want to actually do anything. They don't want to get up off of their lazy ass and actually do something in the real world to actually correct the situation that we're in. They don't want to take any action. So that's how this hidden controller um, class can continue to do what they do because they know all about our motivations. They know about the human psyche and its drives, but we don't. We don't know anything about ourselves because we haven't looked into the hidden aspects of the self. Now, what qualifies me as I put forward in the, uh, at the conference and also in earlier uh, shows, obviously on this radio show, to talk about the occult is because I was at one point directly involved in it for many years. From, I would say, the uh, earlier part of the 1990s up through the early part of the 20, uh, 21st century, the early 2000s, I was involved in a dark occult organization known as the Church of Satan, headed by Anton LaVey, who is now deceased. He was the writer of the Satanic Bible, the Satanic Rituals, the Satanic Witch, the Devil's Notebook, many other books as well, and uh, pamphlets and publish, uh, publishings, publications. So, LaVey himself, as the high priest of this organization, appointed me a priest within this group because of ideological similarities and the ability to effectively communicate the ideology of Satanism. We talked about Satanism, I believe it was back in podcast number 73 or 4, uh, uh, 72, 71 or 2, something like that. We talked about the, that this is an ideology that is ultimately controlling the world and its people. I was involved in a direct capacity with this particular institution. And let me just unequivocally state, I consider the Church of Satan the Girl Scouts of the Satanic Hierarchy. I consider this very, very low level when it comes to where the hierarchy of Satanism and Luciferianism ultimately goes because it goes up into politics, law, police, military, uh, and right up to international central banking and then far beyond into the ultra police priest class which is controlling religion and just about everything else in the world. Money, religion, etc. So this organization is a psychological filtration system. 
That is the main thing to keep in mind about what the Church of Satan and other um, low-level groups that interface directly with the public are all about. They're attempting to identify through putting out certain publications and um, uh, building certain communities throughout the world. Uh, They are attempting to identify those with psychopathic tendencies, whether they be actual direct um, primary genetic psychopaths who don't have the capacity to experience emotions due to certain genetic conditions, or whether they are what is known as secondary psychopaths who don't have no care or feeling for anyone else based on conditions and circumstances that have been put into place in their lives and which continue to fester in our world. It doesn't matter why someone is psychopathic. Organizations like this are looking for psychopathic individuals to take up into their ranks and groom once they know that they are have the particular qualities that they are looking for uh, to groom them to help their agenda uh, move forward, to step into certain power positions, to step into certain roles in society, and ultimately bring the enslavement system to um, greater fruition. So these next two documents were sent to me by uh, the highest level officials at the Church of Satan, Anton LaVey and his mate Blanche Barton. Um, You'll note the dates on the documents, and you'll also note that it doesn't have the name Mark Passio on it. This is because when I was involved with Satanism, I did not use my actual last name. I took a ritual or symbolic name. The name Rokar, which you see there, R-H-O-C-H-A-R, that's who my priesthood was granted to under this name, not under the name Mark Passio. This is indeed me. Um, The word Rokar comes from a Gnostic text known as the Pistis Sophia, or the Faith Wisdom. And as I am born under the sign of Leo, this is a demon in the, in the Gnostic tome, the Pistis Sophia, which has a cat's head. And I'll explain a little bit more about that on the other side, which is the reason I ultimately chose this name. You're listening to What on Earth is Happening? We'll be right back. Don't go anywhere, folks. Welcome back, everyone. You're listening to What on Earth is Happening. I'm your host, Mark Passio. My website, whatonearthishappening.com. We're on slide number eight. This is the appointment that I received to the Church of Satan years ago. I believe this was back in 1996. So it reads, from the office of Anton Sandor LaVey, the high priest of the Church of Satan, be it known on this day, March 19th, again, the beginning of the season of sacrifice, no mistake or error or coincidence that he uh, made his priesthoods, he um, granted his priesthoods in this organization uh, on that particular date. 
uh, year 32, which is the 32nd year Anno Satanus, or the year of Satan, as it is called within this organization, because LeVay instituted the Church of Satan in 1966. So, it says, Mark Rokar has been appointed to the office of priest of the Church of Satan and is empowered to act in that capacity, and then it is signed by LeVay. Rokar is the name I chose as part of an initiation into Satanism when I held this sick, twisted, depraved ideology uh, during my younger years. Before I really understood what it was, what it was about, how I was helping to contribute to the chaotic dynamic in society, how I was shackling myself and everyone I loved or ever cared about. And that awakening in conscience is what allowed me to pull back from my involvement with a low-level group like this before I became even deeper involved and thus to subsequently expose their ideology uh, along with many others who are doing this work. But um, Rokar comes from a Gnostic text, the Pistis Sophia, which means faith wisdom. And in that text, there is a conversation between the figures of Jesus and Mary Magdalene about hell, its nature, its structure. And they, uh, Jesus talks about it's a huge dragon with its putting its tail in its mouth, therefore sealing itself entirely uh, so that nothing can escape its bowels. And all of the souls who did not and again, this is all allegorical. Please don't take it literally. It's, it's putting forward a story about an allegory of what's really going on in the world. Um, there are different demons who uh, rule over the souls of the unjust, the wicked, and the people who you know, essentially didn't want to wake up, didn't want to understand anything about themselves and continue in their horrible ways that violate natural law and that uh, have absolutely no care for the well-being of any, uh, anyone else, ultimately. Um, in this hell world, there are different levels of torments or, or dungeons, as they are referred to as in the text. A demonic ruler rules over each of the dungeons, and it has a different animal form. If you read the, this part of the text, it's actually quite interesting. And it's all about, here's where liars go, here's where thieves go, here's where murderers go, etc. Um, and there's a different demon that rules each one of those punishment areas, I guess you could look at them as. Where people, I guess, have to uh, relive what they did, etc. To recognize the wrongness of it. So, in one of the hells, in one of the dungeons within this hell world... There is a cat-faced demon, and his name is Rokar. This is where I took the name from, having already been a student of some of these texts, not really understanding them at that point, just trying to take the darkest symbolism from a text like this and, you know, embrace it or uh, use it as a trapping, which is the reason in my occult initiation I took the name Rokar, because I'm born under the sign Leo, which resonates with the the large cat, and the cat-faced demon being Rokar. 
So that explains the why you see that name present in these documents. The second document, again, 20th of March, the beginning of the season of sacrifice, uh, uh, 32 Anno Satanus. It says, Mr. Mark Rokar, Philadelphia, PA, my address is blurred out there. It says, Dear Mr. Rokar, Dr. LeVay has been favorably impressed with the skill and mastery you have shown in various opportunities to represent the Church of Satan and Satanism in general. You have proven yourself to be magically and materially adept. Therefore, he felt it was high time you were granted the title of priest in recognition of your dedication, knowledge, and ability. May the fires of hell continue to strengthen and inspire you. Hail Satan, Blanche Barton, which was Anton LaVey's uh, life partner at that, the time, I believe up until his death, which was in 1997 or uh, 98 or 99, somewhere in there. And um, so this was, uh, I was actually given this appointment uh, shortly before LaVey's death within a year or two or three. This is um, where, where I say why I'm qualified to speak on this because in various meetings with Satanists that involved rituals and that involved groupings of people from just about every walk of life, you name it, there were representatives from that institution, education, politics, judges, police officers, milita uh, military personnel, um, financiers, um, uh, people involved in medicine, uh, people involved in um, commerce. Uh, I mean, you name it. it. They were there. It doesn't matter what walk of life. You can name any walk of life. Satanists were involved, often ha held positions of power in certain institutions. And again, in no way am I attempting to tell you that I was involved at, like, the, with the real big movers and shakers because this organization is a puppet, a puppet organization. Okay, Again, it's there to act as a direct interface to the public so that the real super elite doesn't have to do that work. And it's, it's a, a vetting system. It's, it's attempting to psychologically filtrate the, those with the psychopathic tendencies who would be willing to help people with this agenda of slavery and gradually groom them and take them up into higher think tank organizations, political organizations, and occult organizations at much higher levels. That's what you have to understand the Church of Satan is. And their ideology, again, was espounded uh, in, was espoused in the other podcast that I put forward. Not espoused, but it was, it was a, uh, explained in other podcasts that I put forward uh, that, that I believe were at the early 70s. So check that out in the podcast archive at What on Earth is Happening. It's all about hidden knowledge. It's all about controlling knowledge of self. That's ultimately what this is all about. And people who are involved in lower levels in organizations like this don't see the bigger picture until they get enough information. And that can happen simply by the nature of direct experience in many cases, as it did with me, because in my dealings with these individuals, I learned really what was going on behind the scenes in the corridors of power. I learned what these people, how these people were involved in higher levels of power in different institutions, in every walk of life, 
and what their ideology, how they viewed people, what they ultimately wanted to do with people. This was told in confidence in many cases and they were quite, actually quite open about it. They didn't really lie or hide their intentions when it came to you know how they view other people as cattle, as slaves and what they want to do. You know, to bring them into further bondage, into further enslavement. Always refining their level of control over their mind, over their emotions, etc. Um, again, they look at people as their property. They look at themselves as God. That's what the ideology of Satanism is really ultimately all about. There's no higher power. Therefore, there's really no such thing as right or wrong, good or evil. You know, it's all about what you want. So if you can take it, take it. And, you know, there's no... They, they don't believe in any laws are going to stop them from doing that. No higher cosmic laws. They face no consequences for that. If you can get away with it in the physical world, do it. Step on who you need to step on to get power, to get influence, to get prestige, to get money, etc. For control. Because their ideology is all about base survival. Based on fraudulent Darwinian evolutionary theory of survival of the quote fittest we'll pick this up on the other side you're listening to what on earth is happening we'll be right back all right welcome back everyone you're listening to what on earth is happening here on oracle broadcasting i'm your host mark passio my website, whatonearthishappening.com. I'm going to jump right back into the presentation on the occult mockery of the police and military, a subject we will be covering with over 140 slide uh, slides of this presentation. I think there's 148 images in this presentation over the next few weeks. So ultimately, hidden knowledge that is kept secret by the occultists at the highest levels of institutional bodies throughout the world is all about keeping knowledge of self from us. Because if we understand ourselves truly at a deep fundamental level, we really can't be controlled by someone else. We will attain to self-mastery once we have enough knowledge about how we work, what our motivations really are, and develop the willpower to uh, bring those motivations and bring our consciousness into alignment with the higher will, which is the evolutionary force, not the evolution that is spoken about in macrobiological Darwinian, in the macrobiological Darwinian sense, which is a flawed theory on its face, and uh, real evolution has nothing to do with what people think of as survival of the fittest, uh, put forward by Darwin and other people who championed this uh, and really took the ball and ran with it even after Darwin said that his theory would have had to been vetted by uh, extensive evidence in the fossil record which does not exist. Uh, not to you know go off on a big tangent about this but ultimately Satanism uh, has as one of its tenets the theory of uh, the survival of the most ruthless and those who uh, are strong enough to take have every right to do so. This is certainly not true. It is not true under natural law. Um, 
there are repercussions for behaving like this, whether anybody knows it, understands it, recognizes it or not. This is what my work on natural law has dealt with extensively. And um, this is why the Luciferians ultimately, I would say, are even at a higher level of occult knowledge than Satanists because dark Luciferians are controlling Satanists just like uh, I would say they're controlling the police and military to get them to do actions for them on their behalf. Uh, but they're not, but they're the ones doing it. The Satanists are the ones doing it. And then by extension, the police and military who have opted into this satanic ideology are the ones who are actually doing it and therefore taking on the massive brunt of the, uh, cosmic karmic repercussions in natural law or the laws of behavioral consequence. So again, it's the example where the highest level occult initiates, the highest level occult uh, masters, if you will, quote unquote, they're not really the master of anything. They don't even have mastery over themselves. They're really getting people to do all of their dirty work for them, therefore putting the blood on their hands so that ultimately the universe is um, directing the repercussions, the consequences of natural law to the people who are actually taking the action. Again, we looked at the issue in this section of who is more morally culpable, the order giver or the order follower, and it is absolutely the order follower who is more, more morally culpable. They are always the ones who are more morally culpable. In no way do I suggest there is no moral culpability on the part of the order giver, but there is significantly less when you look at it in terms of how natural law is actually going to deal with the situation. Not how man might deal with the situation, but how the universe is dealing with it. And the, the highest level occultists know this. They understand this perfectly, which is why they don't really soil their hands they get other people through mind control to bloody their hands for them. And that's very important to keep in mind how this occult knowledge works to manipulate human consciousness and ultimately to control human behavior. So we're going to look at some, ten review some tenets about the brain and then continue to get into the symbolism that mocks the occult, uh, the occult symbolism that mocks the military and police forces. Stay with us, everyone. We'll be right back. Welcome back, everyone. You're listening to What on Earth is Happening. Let's continue with the slideshow presentation on the occult mockery of police and military. Hidden controllers through the knowledge of the human psyche are ultimately all about controlling consciousness because that's how you're ultimately going to control behavior. That's their goal. They want people to do what they say, what they want them to do, like a puppet. And to do that, you have to ultimately control the mind. There's no way around that. You're not going to control the spirit directly, but you can get into the mind and therefore control someone's thoughts and emotions based on propaganda, based on uh, indoctrination, based on injecting certain words, phrases, manipulating the meaning of the words through symbolism, which is a big part of what we're talking about. 
And ultimately, you put that all together through all of this these multifaceted mind control techniques, which we covered over the course of a year and a half here on this radio program, and you end up with the control over someone's actions. Because these are the three modalities of human consciousness, thoughts, emotions, and actions, corresponding with mind, spirit, and body. So, to, in order to understand how the expression of consciousness works within the physiology, we need to look at the brain. We're on slide number 12 now. There's really three complexes that exist within the overall brain structure. We have the reptile brain, which is the base brain that, it, that basically deals with survival mode, fight or flight response. It deals with motor skills, respiration, digestion, movement, um, and again, survival. Uh, fight or flight modality, if there's danger. One has to make a decision, do I stand and fight or do I run away? When you're in this mode, the heart is pumping fast, adrenaline is being released because the extremities need to be hardened by blood being pumped from the torso and the brain, okay, being pumped away from the brain, okay, the heart is pumping, it's pumping blood away from the brain and away from the torso, when you're in this modality of fight-flight, when you're in the base brain, the reptile mode of consciousness. This is to harden the extremities because if you're in fight-or-flight mode, in other words, extreme stress, the legs have to be, the arms need to be hard in order to fight and the legs need to be uh, hard with uh, blood, the muscles need to be tensed in order to run, to flee. This is why disease is a result of operating chronically in fight or flight mode. This is how the brain becomes imbalanced. Our society is completely structured to keep us in fight or flight modality, in stress mode. And we don't have the same outlets for it as we did, you know, before we lived in, quote, modern civilization. Therefore, it's built up and has a, builds like a quantum effect over time. In, in a chronic way to fester disease in the body and most of all fester brain imbalance and actually actually damage synaptic pathways in the brain such that certain modes of thought and consciousness consciousness aren't even possible anymore once the brain hemispheres become imbalanced through being in this modality and when I speak of police being physically damaged brain damaged, having capacities of the brain cut off. I don't mean that if you look at the brain, it's going to actually have physical damage to it. Synaptic damage, though, is physical within the, the uh, extremely small structures of the brain. If you were to magnify them, yes, you would see damaged aspects of the synaptic pathways when someone is always in fight or flight mode, which is what police and military are almost always in, almost all of the time. Particularly military who are seeing active combat are always in this mode. I have to be careful anything could happen at any time, constantly watching for an enemy, you know, aggression all around you, constant danger to the physical body. This puts people in 
a mode that is imbalancing the higher parts of the brain and actually doing damage to those pathways in the higher parts of the brain. So this is why it's so important not to operate in that mode, except for any very short periods of time that it's absolutely necessary to operate in them, like when you're actually being attacked. But when you give a small group of people that role, it's always going to deteriorate into them being damaged as a result. This is why all forms of standing armies and standing police um, organizations are a fundamentally, fatally flawed idea. It's, it's, it's a flawed axiom, axiomatically. At its level of inception, it's a flawed notion because invariably you're going to cause damage to those people. And they're not isolated from the rest of the community. They're not isolated from you. So ultimately, you're doing damage to the entire community by the refusal to accept personal responsibility and, if necessary, to take personal action. And you're handing that responsibility over to a small clique of people who ultimately are going to be in this chronic fight-or-flight mode. And ultimately, that mental condition is going to deteriorate, lead to them making worse and worse be, uh, uh, choices, worse and worse decisions because they're not really operating at the h higher part of the brain even when they are, that function is diminished because of the damage that is done by staying in the reptile brain and therefore they're going to become aggressive, they're going to uh, you know, take people's rights when they have no right to do that, they're going to be, become apathetic, not caring we talked about this extensively I won't reiterate the whole thing. Go back to the early podcasts and listen, and I give many examples and explain how this function works. It's all about shutting down access or communication between the mammalian brain and the human brain because the limbic brain, otherwise known as the mammal brain, uh, depicted in slide number 13, showing the cross-section of it, the, this is the glandular activity in the brain. You have the uh, hypothalamus, you have the hippocampus, you have the amygdala, you have the pituitary gland and the pineal gland. Ultimately, these uh, sections within the brain create the neuropeptides that are then pumped through the body and blood, uh, through um, the circulatory system to allow us to feel, to actually experience a sensation within the body based on what we're thinking and how we're acting. This is our moral compass, our feelings, our emotions, our moral compass for direction in life. So to damage the um, limbic brain is basically the creation of a psychopath. We're even cutting off communications, effective communication between the limbic brain and the higher brain, which is the neocortical brain is ultimately going to express behaviorally as psychopathic behavior. This is what needs to be understood about this complex within the brain known as the limbic brain. We'll continue with this on the other side. You're listening to What on Earth is Happening. We'll be right back, folks. Don't go anywhere. Welcome back, everyone. This is What on Earth is Happening, talking about the occult mockery of police and military, 
to build up to how this symbolism is ultimately used, we have to understand a little bit about consciousness and the brain. This is all review for people who have followed this radio show. But again, I'm documenting this in a public airing of the presentation that I gave at the Freer Mind Conference and going into depth on many of these topics. So we're looking at slide, we were looking at slide number 13, dealing with the mammalian or limbic brain, which ultimately makes our emotions possible. Now, when we're talking about higher order thought, that's ultimately governed by the neocortex. This is the part of the brain that is traditionally looked at as the gray matter of the brain. Uh, where there's you know a lot of ridges and and uh, uh, crumpled areas, uh, when we traditionally look at an image of the brain, it's it's what we envision. So, the the human brain is the highest part of the brain. It's called the neocortex because it's the newest part of the brain in evolutionary terms as well. Again, it's responsible for higher order thought functions, decision making happens in this part of the brain. Accurately assessing given situations happens in this part of the brain. Logic, intuition, creativity, scientific thought, everything that makes us human. This is depicted in image number 14, the neocortex. If the neocortex isn't functioning properly, The other two complexes in the brain, depending on the nature of the dysfunction uh, within the neocortex, will basically operate as the executive command center of the brain and will guide the actions and behaviors of the individual um, depending on how the imbalance was, was originally structured. The neocortex operating correctly in a state of balance is the true executive command center of the brain where decision-making is supposed to be made from. This is what someone who is truly governing themselves has a healthy neocortex that's in a state of balance. And we're going to talk about what that balance rep- means, what it represents in the next few slides. If you look at slide number 15, you'll see that the two hemispheres, there are two hemispheres of the neocortex it is bilaterally symmetrical. And again, the neocortex is part of what's called the telencephalon, which is really the two hemispheres of the brain. Uh, the outer portion of it, where the synaptic activity takes place, is called the neocortex. The entire structure is actually the telencephalon. But this outer part of the brain is where the real neural activity takes place and where our thoughts actually occur uh, through ele- electric impulses, etc. The left side of the neocortex is primarily responsible for, again, these aren't hard and fast rules. It is an oversimplification at some level, but it is primarily responsible for analytical thought, logic, um, organized thinking, organization and details, scientific thought, uh, literal interpretations, and sequential, in other words, time-bound awareness. Uh, chronological thinking. Um, It has been called the solar part of the brain, the masculine component of the brain. This is the masculine side of the human brain. 
Conversely, the right brain hemisphere primarily deals with creative thinking, creativity in general, imagination, general thought, wide big picture thinking, okay? Conceptual thought, being able to perceive symbol and allegory, empathic, or in other words, feeling, intuition, um, nonlinear thought, nurturing. So it's a more feminine, the feminine aspects of the self expressed through this part of the brain. So this has been called the feminine or the lunar brain hemisphere. If there is an imbalance chronically toward the left brain, which is what dealing with only the physical reality will put you in. This is what, how work in the Western system, unless you're involved in some creative capacity, which very few people really are. The vast majority of people deal with just things, taking orders, um, linear thought, problem solving, all left brain stuff, logic during the course of a work day. And they're chronically in this mode, which is why when someone is imbalanced chronically toward the left brain, there is a de-emphasis on the limbic functions of the brain. In other words, the emotions. And the person will be more of an unfeeling person. You could just verify this in general stereotypes. You know, the more scientific that isn't necessarily as connected usually with the emotional side. Again, these aren't hard and fast rules. They could be seen as generalizations. But the generalization effectively holds true when, when we're looking at how the brain functions. The right hemisphere of the brain, if it becomes chronically imbalanced, someone will be ruled more by their emotions because they won't have a connection to the, uh, physical, uh, the physical reality as much. And the new agey people, uh, you know, who think it's all about just how we feel and, be, and behavior isn't as important and actually taking action isn't as important, are right-brained imbalanced. This is why, you know, governmental types, scientific types, etc., ushering in the new world order at the helm of the new world order creation, the dark new world order, I should say, are more left-brained. And the people who just go along and are more, you know, uh, I don't want to... Uh, look at things that are negative and I don't want to, you know, uh, see this aspect of something that, I, that is making me uncomfortable are more right brain types. And this is what the entire hierarchy, the occult hierarchy at higher levels, this is their agenda to imbalance someone chronically into one form of brain imbalance or another because ultimately that's what c continues, that's what fosters the continuation of the uh, master-slave system, whereby everyone is some form of a master uh, ruling over a slave, and yet simultaneously they have a master ruling over them, and they are a slave simultaneously. So it's important to keep people in a state of chronic brain imbalance through stress or through a belief system that is based on absolutely no care of the physical world and never really standing up for yourself in the physical sense. So the goal, if we look at image number 16, to get out of the, the entire control system needs to be to bring balance to both hemispheres of the brain. If we use them in balance, 
and we don't fall into chronic states of imbalance through too much left brain activity or too much right brain activity, once we identify what those forms of activity are, then we will develop a balanced brain. This is bringing the two symbols together. Again, symbolism is what we're ultimately going to be talking about here because the occultists don't mock people in words. They, sometimes they do, but more often they mock them symbolically, wordlessly, through a hidden language called symbolism. The symbol traditionally throughout history of the male is an upward pointing equilateral triangle known as the blade. The traditional symbol of the feminine is the downward pointing equilateral triangle shown on the left above the image of the moon in slide number 16, which is called the chalice. Putting them together forms what is known as the blazing star or the seal of Solomon, the sun and the moon brought together. We'll pick this up on the other side of this break. You're listening to What on Earth is Happening here on Oracle Broadcasting. Stay with us, everyone. Welcome back, folks. This is What on Earth is Happening. I'm your host, Mark Passio. The topic today and over the next couple of weeks is going to be the occult mockery of the military and the police, explained in depth. Reviewing some things we learned about consciousness much earlier on in this podcast series, in this radio show series. When the brain comes into a state of balance... We're bringing together the masculine and feminine components of the higher order thinking complex of the brain known as the neocortex. Symbolically, this is looked at as the path to enlightenment through the light, the blazing star. This symbol is used in different occult traditions throughout the ages, particularly Freemasonry. And uh, also some Kabbalistic traditions as well. So the masculine and feminine in their two respective symbolic forms, the, the blade and the chalice or the upward pointing triangle and the lower pointing triangle, the downward pointing triangle, come together to form the blazing star, representing the balanced brain, representing the one who is whole, who is not just a half self. They have integrated both parts of the self, the masculine component and the feminine component. They have all of the characteristics that comprise a human being who is a master of themselves and is not owned by someone else. They've come into self-knowledge and ultimately into self-mastery through that knowledge. When the left brain is chronically imbalanced, again, the limbic brain breaks down along with the neocortex. It doesn't function properly to provide the emotional feedback. See, it's because the, the neocortex isn't functioning. The limbic brain may even still be putting out information, but it's not communicating effectively with the neocortex due ultimately to the synaptic damage that is being done with the neocortex through that chronic lack of blood flow to the brain from being in this stress mode all the time. 
ultimately the same form of imbalance happens across the whole neocortex when we're chronically right-brained imbalanced, but it's a different form of a lack of communication between not only the brain hemispheres, but between the uh, uh, reptile complex of the brain and the neocortex. So there, therefore, the limbic brain is ultimately governing the person, and they're in a state of emotional, they're being ruled by their emotions. They can't, ha they can't get their emotions under control, and often a person who is living in f a state of perpetual fear is very right-brained and balanced as well. So we can see there's different gradations and variations of these forms of imbalance all across our society. It's, the problem is there's very few people who are in a true state of brain health through balance between the hemispheres of the brain. Now let's look at scientific, some scientific scans. These are PET scans of the human neocortex in slide number 17, demonstrating fairly conclusively what happens to the neocortex when someone enters specific modes of consciousness chronically. The right side of this image is what we really want to look at. This is synaptic damage that is clearly shown in the PET scan of the human neocortex. This is what's called the ventral view or the underneath side of the human neocortex. In other words, you're not looking down from above the person's head. It would be like as if you are inside the center of the person's head looking up at the higher part of the brain. You're looking at the ventral side of the neocortex, not the dorsal side. So the synaptic damage there that is clearly shown in the prefrontal cortex, top part of the brain just behind the eyes, which is the part that governs conscience and emotion, um, empathy toward other people largely, is the most damaged. And when I say damage, again, this isn't holes in the brain. It isn't scoops taken out of the brain. The darker or blackened areas are areas of electrochemical deadness where there is little or no synaptic um, movement taking place, electrical activity moving across the synaptic pathways. It is shut down, literally dark. The brain has become dark. Darkness. This is why darkness has often been equated with ignorance, with not knowing, with not knowing the self. One is in darkness. And therefore, they don't really know what's going on. They aren't in a position to recognize what's taking place around them. They don't even have any idea what's going on within them, let alone all around them. This is a person who, in the actual study, recognized as a, a being who ate a traditional Western diet, watched multiple hours of television and played often violent, violent video games multiple hours a day, did not read books, was not engaged in the reading of books at any level, really. Knew how to read, but didn't really read. Didn't actually part engage in the activity of reading. You know, being physically literate, being able to recognize words, isn't the same thing as practicing reading. There's a big difference. And also, this person never engaged in meditation for a moment in their life. You put all these things together, indoctrinated into the public school system, watches a lot of television, eats a crap diet, never meditates, ever, never reads, 
That's what happens to the brain. And there's, that's physical proof. And yes, this is what happens to the brain when those things are engaged in chronically. Deny it all you want. The left-hand side shows a holistically balanced brain. This is what's called global EEG coherence, electroencephalogram coherence. This PET scan is showing that the entire neocortex is balanced across the whole. The person isn't in a state of chronic brain imbalance toward one brain hemisphere or another. And the, stu- the subject of this scan was a person who was given a different kind of education, a more holistic education, probably homeschooled, not indoctrinated through the public indoctrination system that we laughingly call the education system here in America. He ate a good plant-based diet that was largely organic. He did not watch multiple hours of television a day. He read a lot and, when necessary, practiced meditation, sometimes on a um, a um, regimented basis, on a daily basis. And therefore, there you have it. There is the balanced brain hemisphere with no dark areas. The brain is lit up. It is full of light, meaning the electrochemical uh, activity. That means that there is synaptic function taking place across the brain hemispheres. The blazing star is activated there on the left-hand side in that image. That's where we want to be, to not be controlled, to not fall into the whole system of control, whether being a controller or capitulating to the control. And I'd challenge someone... Let's, let's have it done. I'll put myself forward to have a, a brain scan done. We'll take a look at my brain versus uh, a controller's brain. Any, any police officer or military officer out there that wants to challenge me, we'll, we'll scan both of our brains. We'll, we'll actually see if we can conduct uh, a private study, pay to have it done. Put the money up and we'll go get brain scans, both of us, and let's compare them publicly. I'm game if you are. So this is actual scientific proof of some of the es- esoteric occult information I'm going to be bringing forward. And again, when you talk about esoteric or occult information, you have to understand it matters zero whether you believe the beliefs of the occult practitioners I'm going to be talking about. To say I don't believe in any of it, it's all bunk, it's all nonsense, is meaningless. Because whether you believe in it or not, There are people in existence who do and who are acting on it. So, okay, you can say it's all nonsense and it's all not true, any of these belief systems that we're going to be talking about as we move forward into the occult understanding of the ritualistic and occult mockery of police and military. But you need to keep in mind, just because you don't believe something doesn't mean it isn't happening in the world based on someone else's deep-seated belief in it. Again, I give the example, you don't need to believe in radical fundamentalist right-wing Christianity for someone to shoot up an abortion clinic, and if you happen to be in the line of fire, it will affect you. 
Your beliefs aren't going to be too relevant there. Someone else's beliefs, who you don't have to agree with, can affect your life because they're willing to act on them. This is common sense. So let's keep that in mind as we move forward throughout this entire section. We'll be right back to show you how these sick psychopathic elites really think about the military and the police. Stay with us. Welcome back, everyone. You're listening to What on Earth is Happening. This is the last segment for today. We're talking about the occult mockery of the police and military and what the real controllers behind the scenes think of their minions who follow their orders. And believe me, they think of them as less than dirt. From their lips to my ears, ladies and gentlemen, they think of them as lower than scum. That's the section I want to talk about now. From my first-hand dealings with dark occultists when I was involved with them, the loathing and contempt that they show for all people, really, anyone that they don't consider one of their own, is, is absolutely astounding. But they hate the military and the police above all else. They hate them even more than they hate the general population of who they consider cattle. See, when you talk about brain imbalance, I put the image 18 of the military and, and police in the slideshow after the imbalanced brain to show these are the people who are the most chronically brain imbalanced and therefore who need the most healing efforts because they're largely the, the biggest population of destroyed people. If you even want to call them still human, they're largely what is known as the post-human. In the, in the march toward transhumanism of m- machines merging with biology, which is a part of the globalist agenda, they're taking people into first a place where they act like biological machines because they have no connection to the the limbic brain, no connection to the right brain hemisphere, and therefore no connection to the part of the brain that um, makes feeling emotion possible. So this is what a secondary psychopath is. A biological android or robot that goes through life without forging any real connections, any real love of another being with another being. And that's what these groups of individuals have become, post-human, in the true sense of the word. The humanity is driven out of them and they've become something else, something other than that. And it's an incomplete thing. Something that is was there at one point and is their birthright has been robbed from them. But ultimately, people let it happen. You know, again, I don't want to get people into the notion of let's just blame people external to the self. You know, to, for the lie to be effective, it, you know, yes, it is sold, but it must also be bought. Let's keep that in mind at all times. So people are complicit with this process because they don't want to do work on themselves. They don't want to look at their own shadow self. They don't want to deal with their own crap. 
They don't want anybody else telling them to deal with their own crap either. They, they think they can continue to live in total contradiction and opposition with natural law and somehow prosper, never having to do a bit of work upon themselves, never having to change anything about themselves. And that's the mentality of a slave, which is why they're all slaves. So when you look at the general population who has no idea about, about any of this, but isn't quite necessarily in those levels of imbalance, and you know they are at, low, at lower levels of imbalance, but maybe not to a point where they're acting psychopathically, they're just totally asleep, don't care much about anything, don't get involved. So you know you could see the different left and right brain um, imbalances operating through them because you know not to care that's too much left brain, not enough right brain, not to act is too much right brain, not enough left brain. So the, these imbalances are present across the board in the general population as well, just not to the level of severity that they are in the military and the police. So that's image 19 showing, you know, typical image of the uh, completely brainwashed, hypnotized, asleep population. You know, the term being used to represent unconsciousness or lack of awareness. Can't see the patterns. We generally gave the working definition for consciousness as the ability to recognize patterns with with respect to events that are taking place both within the self and in the realm in which one exists and operates. That's the working definition we gave for consciousness over two years ago. Well, the opposite of that is unconsciousness. It means you don't have the ability to recognize patterns and understand what's going on either within you or around you. That's the general population. And the dark occult orders have one overarching word that they generally use to refer to this mass bulk portion of humanity, of human beings as. And that phrase is shown in image number 20, which is the dead. The dead. Yes, that is what the dark occultists call people. Only when talking to a somewhat higher level practitioner did I hear the term uttered one other term that some of the higher level individuals refer to the uh, general masses as and that uh, I've said before on the show some of those higher level initiates call them the unbegun the unbegun is more of an esoteric term which is making reference that they haven't even started. They haven't started the process of waking up. They're still totally asleep, or in other words, totally dead, totally unconscious. They haven't even begun the wake-up process, let alone have gone all the way through it. They are not initiated. Initiation means beginning. They're not initiated into the ideology which ultimately controls the world. They don't understand how the controllers think what their ideology is. Many of them will scoff at it and say it doesn't even exist or it isn't real. More proof of their slavery. They want to deny, you know, that which is. Again, going back to the thing I, the quote I brought up by Kierkegaard, people only suffer two ways. They, they believe in stuff that isn't true and refuse to accept that which is. Again, you don't need to believe in their ideology. 
I'm not asking anybody to believe in it. I'm telling you that they do. And for you to remain in ignorance of it is what is keeping you in ignorance of their overall strategy and their mindset and not to know one's opponent is the best way to ensure that you're going to have your ass handed to by them in whatever game you may be playing or in whatever war you may be waging. That's the best way to ensure your total defeat. Guaranteed. Guaranteed. You don't want to know anything about the enemy. You won't even deny their existence. That's the scenario where a chess game is being played. Your pieces are getting crushed and you haven't even sat down at the board. And that's where we're at, folks. That's why they are handing us our ass. Every day, that's why freedom slips away more and more. Because we don't understand how these people who are, who are orchestrating this think. We can't even put our mind conceptually into their frame of thinking. And that's why they know they have us. They know it. And you know what? They're right. You know, get as angry about that as you want. I'm not picking up for them. I'm not telling you they're right as far as morally goes. I'm saying they know how dumb people are when it comes to understanding any of this material. That's why they call them the dead. You know, they're, they're, they're soft killing us and we're basically saying they don't exist and I don't need to know anything about their ideology. It's unbelievable. Wars being waged on people and they, they don't even understand that they're already being murdered. That troops have taken up positions all around them and they're sitting there going, what war? What? Huh? So the dead, they call them the dead because they consider the basis for life the expressions of consciousness. And I agree, they are. They are the expressions of consciousness. Thought, emotion, and action is the expressions of consciousness. And to not have those activated, in other words, to remain in ignorance, apathy, and laziness, and cowardice, the other expression of the lack of action is cowardice in addition to laziness, is to essentially not have any consciousness. It's to be dead. So, if you think that seems contemptuousness, to embody contemptuousness, when you really understand how they view the military and the police, the people they get to do their bidding, it's a thousand times worse. We're going to get to that next week because that's all the time we have on this edition. Remember, only two mistakes one can make on the path to truth. Not starting and not going all the way. Don't answer it. 